This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. This podcast is brought to you by Let'sTalkIdeas.org, your budget-friendly custom design firm in Diamond Key Marina, British Virgin Islands. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Former governor of Puerto Rico arrested in bribery scheme. Belize declares state of emergency as gang warfare flares up. Caribbean regional leaders hire a consultant on transportation across the region. Jamaica and Nambia enter new phase of bilateral relationship. U.S. Virgin Islands Board of Education introduced gender-neutral dress code, allowing girls to wear pants and boys to wear skirts. Agasturas earns 21% increase in profits. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, August 4th. We start a report today in Puerto Rico. The U.S. Department of Justice announced today that former governor of Puerto Rico was arrested today on bribery charges related to the financing of her 2020 campaign. According to the indictment from December 2019 through June 2020, then-governor of Puerto Rico Wanda Vasquez Gar, 62 of San Juan, allegedly engaged in a bribery scheme with various individuals, including Julio Martin Herrera, volunteer Francis Diaz, Mark Rosini, and John Blakeman to finance Vasquez Gar's 2020 gubernatorial election campaign. Herrera Volantini, 50, a dual Venezuelan-Italian citizen residing in London, United Kingdom, owned an international bank operating in San Juan. Diaz, 50, of Puerto Rico, was the CEO and president of the international bank owned by Herrera Volantini. Rosini, 60, of Madrid, Spain, was a former FBI special agent who provided consulting services to Herrera Volantini. Blakeman, 53, of Puerto Rico, is a political consultant who worked on Vasquez Gar's 2020 campaign. According to the indictment, beginning in 2019, Herrera Volantini's bank was the subject of an examination by Puerto Rico's Office of the Commissioner of Financial Institutions, a regulatory agency that oversees financial institutions operating in Puerto Rico. Herrera Volantini and Rosini allegedly promised to provide funding to support Vasquez Gar's 2020 gubernatorial election campaign in exchange for Vasquez Gar's terminating a commissioner of the OCIF and appointing a new commissioner of Herrera's Volantini's choosing. The indictment alleges that Vasquez Garz accepted the offer of the bribe and in February 2020 took official action to demand the resignation of the OCIF commissioner. Vasquez Garz, Herrera Volantini, and Rosini are charged with conspiracy, federal program bribery, and service wire fraud. If convicted in all counts, they each face a maximum total penalty of 20 years in prison. A federal district court judge will determine any sentence after considering the U.S. sentencing guidelines and other statutory factors. 
Sinkett's Nevis Observer reports that police have detained 31 active gang members in Belize as authorities declared a state of emergency to quell gang warfare in the Lake Independence area that occupies portions of western and southern Belize City. Police said that those detained belong to the PIV and Backlands gang that have been embroiled in a bitter feud for several years. The authorities said tensions between both gangs led to a spate of shootings last Saturday in the wake of the execution of Alric Smith, another known street figure. A state of emergency was hastily called into effect for that community. Home Affairs Minister Kareem Musa said over the past few days, several young people have lost their lives and that the community is very tense, very volatile and on the edge at the moment. The Council of Ministers of the Organization of Eastern Caribbean States issued a statement following their recent meeting in the Commonwealth of Dominica on July 21st. The OECS Council of Ministers on Tourism recognizes the OECS region has been plagued by high airfares and poor intra-regional connectivity. The situation has been further intensified by COVID-19 pandemic. The Council of Ministers on Tourism recognizes that limited connectivity has contributed to the high cost of intra-regional travel at a time when there is pent-up travel demand. This is resulting in the loss of economic opportunities in the travel and trade sectors. In this regard, the OECS Council of Ministers, tourism recognizing that regional travel is a strategic pillar for sustainable economic development, has agreed to the following. Recommitting efforts to advocate for a regional carrier as a matter of urgency to facilitate the demand for inter-regional travel. Acknowledging the important role of CARICOM Multilateral Air Services Agreement, MASA, in the development of intra-regional travel and the need for member states to facilitate interline opportunities between air carriers by applying their multilateral air services agreement as a means of improving air connectivity within the region and committing to explore with the private sector a financially viable inter-island fast ferry service which would also facilitate the movement of goods, services and people at a more cost-effective rate while advancing the OECS free movement regime. In related news, Barbados Today reports that regional leaders have agreed to hire a consultant to advise them on getting transportation across the region back to pre-COVID-19 levels. The decision was made at a meeting chaired by the Barbados-based Caribbean Development Bank and attended by leaders of sub-regional organization of Eastern Caribbean states, a Barbados representative, and Guyana's president, Ifran Ali, on Tuesday. Mitchell said, Leaders were at the stage of looking for appropriate options for intra-regional air transport to veil the void left by Liet 1974 Limited, which went into court-appointed administration in 2020 after a high court judge in Antigua and Barbuda granted a petition for the cash-strapped carrier's reorganization. Whether it's Liat, a new version of Liat, or any other carrier, we're really interested in finding appropriate 
appropriate air travel for OECS. I certainly say it will not be Liet 1974 Limited because obviously that entity is bankrupt and no one is reviving that entity. At their summit in Suriname last month, Caribbean community leaders agreed on a new multilateral air services agreement that will create a new network within which air transportation will operate in the region. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the U.S. Virgin Islands Board of Education has codified new dress code uniform guidelines for public schools meant to be gender neutral. Board Chairman Dr. Kaiser Callwood described the move to the consortium as the U.S. Virgin Islands coming in line with broader threats on the U.S. mainland relative to the rights of individuals. Speaking during a phone interview on Wednesday evening, Mr. Callwood stressed that changes to the Board of Education's dress code uniform guidelines were not made in a vacuum. We met with the Department of Education and several administrators and we came up with the policy. We also sent it out to the department for them to work through it. They added some of their changes before the board approved it. So this is not something that the board just did arbitrarily in closing and secret meetings, he said. The new policy of the Virgin Islands Board of Education website says students may wear either skirts or pants as uniform bottom wear. Mr. Call would stress that while the policy makes provision to allow for boys to wear a skirt if he so chooses. The school administration has some leeway and a decision would be based on whether a skirt on a boy leads to adverse outcomes at the school in question. The updated policy also allows boys to wear two earrings. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Minister of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade, Kamina Johnson-Smith, says Nambia and Jamaica have commenced an exciting new chapter in their bilateral relationship to deepen collaboration. Senator Johnson-Smith made the remarks during the closing ceremony for the inaugural meeting of Jamaican Nambia Joint Committee at the ministry's headquarters in downtown Kingston on Wednesday. We have made progress on all the agenda items and have identified practical next steps, including exchanging information, arranging follow-up meetings, and concluding MOUs on relevant areas such as children and youth, sports, culture entertainment and the creative industries, agriculture, mining, energy, logistics, infrastructural and urban development, tourism, health, justice, diaspora corporation, and ocean and maritime corporation, among other areas, she said. Senator Johnson said the discussions were full and extensive and produced a good framework, which is anticipated to produce tangible results for both Jamaica and Nambia. We need now to seize the momentum to put all the valuable points agreed by the Joint Commission into action, she said. In her remarks, Minister of the Presidency of the Republic of Nambia, Christine Hobbs, said that the session of the Joint Committee provided meaningful insight into the plethora of development challenges that both countries are currently facing. She said that in the same way both countries had achieved political emancipation, the current generation was pushing for economic emancipation. Jamaica and Nambia established formal diplomatic relations 32 years ago.
Now Grenada reports that it's the beginning of new developments in the aviation industry for Caricou and Petite Martinique. The statement was issued by Minister of Parliament Tevin Andrews as he welcomed a promotional flight by SVG Air to launch the commencement of a twin otter service between Caracou and Grenada. It will be the first time in 18 years that Caracou will be served by a 19-seater aircraft. The development is creating excitement among Caracouans in the diaspora as well as those at home, including Andrews, who is Minister for Caracou and Petite Martinique Affairs and local government. SVG Air will be operating five days a week, Monday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And finally, Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that Agostura has announced a 21% increase in after-tax profit for the first half of the fiscal period ending June 30th. In its consolidated financial statement released on Wednesday, Agostura said its profits was $67.6 million, up by $12 million compared to the same period for the last fiscal period. Agostura earned $261.4 million locally as trade with bars, hotels, and restaurants recovered in the second quarter. Internationally, revenue grew by 29% from $137.8 million to $178 million. Have news and information you'd like to share with us? Email news releases to news at pulseofthecaribbean.com. And to share information on upcoming events, email events at pulseofthecaribbean.com. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Thursday, August 4th. I'm Keisha Wallace. Fire! For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.